Welcome to tonight's episode. It's championship week here for high school football in the state of Mississippi. And we've got you covered here from uh, several different teams uh, with the interviews tonight. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a rundown of the uh, the interviews, the people we have uh, tonight that's going to be uh, from teams that's going to be playing in the state championship this week right there in Hattiesburg, uh, Mississippi. First off on the list, we're going to have Lorenzo Breland the defensive line coach for Picking and Maroon Tide, and we'll have Seth Hayden, uh, the defensive secondary coach for the Picking and Maroon Tide. Picking is going to be playing West Point um, this Saturday in the Rock, so this will be a good perspective from Picking. They're on a roll. They've been rolling all year. Next on the list, we're going to have Tim Story, the defensive coordinator for the Poplarville Hornets. Third on the list, we're going to have Todd Lowry, uh, the Corinth football coach, um, the Popperville Hornets will be facing Corinth uh, in the in Hattiesburg at the Rock on the campus of University of Southern Mississippi Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. So we got a uh, coach and a defensive coordinator right there. Uh, next on the list, Zach Jones, uh, the Lumberton head coach. Lumberton uh, is playing at the 3 o'clock slate on Friday at the Rock, and they will face uh, Nanawaya, a team from the north. Fifth on the list, we got Jake Thompson. Jake Thompson is from the Oxford Eagle. Covers all things uh, football-related right there. So uh, Jake's going to be talking about uh, Oxford, the team that will will face Oak Grove uh, in the Sitze Championship game. It's Friday night at 7 o'clock. And we also talk a little bit of Ole Miss with, uh, with Jake. And then last but certainly not least, Lance LaFan. He's from the Oak Grove uh, Radio, the color analyst for Oak Grove Radio. So we're going to talk to him, Oak Grove, and then also he'll throw in his uh, what he's been seeing and what he looks forward to uh, from Oxford coming down to face Oak Grove in the state championship. It ought to be a great, uh, great episode, so sit back and enjoy. If you're looking to insure a new house, car, or motorcycle, give Advantage Insurance Company a call at 601-749-8790 or go by and see Shauna Oder or any one of her friendly agents and let them go to work for you. Advantage Insurance is located at 4201 Highway 11 North in Picayune. We're now joined by assistant football coach for the Picayune Maroon Tide, Lorenzo Breland and Zoe, a big week for the Maroon Tide, a chance to win a state championship on Saturday night against West Point at 7 p.m. in the Rock. Uh, fun week for y'all? Yes, sir, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's a little different, you know, knowing that the game is playing on Saturday. Um, but, you know, it's one of those goals that you set, you know, uh, and have a dream to always play and, you know, for a state championship. A perfect 14-0 and going into that ball game. So how impressed and how proud have you been of the defensive line play? Uh, just, you know, overall, um, you know, week in, week out, I challenge my guys up front, you know, to just play, you know, with intensity, you know, try to dominate the line of scrimmage and, you know, pretty pretty much try to dictate the flow of the game. And, you know, every week they step up to the challenge. So, you know, we got one more one more week which is going to be the biggest week of the year, biggest game of the year. And uh, I'm excited to see him play and, and step up to the challenge once again. Lorenzo Breland, a guy who played in those trenches for the Picayune Maroon Tide, uh, played for Coach Dodley, of course Coach Lee's final season, trying to send him out in a perfect way, in a special way. Zoe, I think you'll agree most games, 
are one in the trenches, and I think this matchup is really going to uh, show that on Saturday night. West Point, a team that likes to run the football as much as Picayune, if that can be said about any program around the state, I think West Point can say that. How excited are you uh, that it is this matchup against the team that's really going to try to challenge uh, that defensive line? Well, I mean, you know, when you, when you think of a planning championship game, I mean, you know, when you think of an opponent like, like West Point that we're going up against that's won it, you know, three of the last five years, I mean, what more could you want, you know, than, than beating the best? Uh, you know, both of us, you know, we're coming in, like you say, smash mouth football, hard nose, physical type game. I mean, it's going to be a bear fight. You know, it's going to be bigger than a dog fight. It's going to be a bear fight. And, uh, you know, in those trenches, like you say, that's where the game is won. So it's going to be, you know, a big challenge once again. I mean, I think they got, you know, several D1 athletes up front. Uh, I think they got a Mississippi-Alabama guy that's going to be playing in their right tackle. Um, you know, but we got great guys up front, too, and they're ready to step up to the challenge. They're hungry. Um, they're focused. You know, so it's going to be exciting come Saturday night at the Rock. So you mentioned their D1 guys. How many D1 guys you think you're coaching right now? I don't know that – uh, of course, you're biased, but it, when we saw y'all earlier in the year covering Popperville football, I certainly thought I saw at least three on that defense as a whole. Uh, how many uh, – you're, you're accustomed to it. I mean, you were all-conference player in Division One football and went on to play at arena uh, football. How many D1 guys do you think y'all have on that defense? I mean, I, I could see we possibly got about five or six. I mean, but – you know, all of those guys can, you know, can play on the next level. You know, the sky's going to be the limit for them. And it's going to be, like you say, it's going to be a big challenge with our eyes, you know, in the state on us come Saturday night. So I'm excited for the opportunity. You know, we're going up there, you know, with all intentions on winning the game. Like you say, it's Coach Lee's last ride. You know, that makes it even more sweeter. And it's, you know, it's just been a Cinderella story of a season. You know, so by 12 o'clock Saturday night, hopefully we'll have that gold ball up in the air. Yeah, absolutely. So for X's and O's nerds, the way that Picune runs uh, that run style offense opposed to the way that West Point is going to run the football, what's different? What is West Point going to look to do uh, different than what uh, Picune fans are accustomed to seeing that maroon tide offense do on the ground? Well, I mean, the good thing about it, Clay, honestly, I mean, our defense is going to be prepared because, like you say, that's what we see every day. Day in, day out, it's just a hard-nosed, you know, smashing-out, picking-type football. Uh, I mean, looking at West Point, I mean, they do, you know, pretty much kind of the same thing. You know, they're getting some gun formations, you know, but a lot of it is going to be tackle over, you know, tight end, in between the trenches, you know, hard-nosed, smashing-out, just running the football. I mean, it's, it's no secret, no secret in what we do, no secret in what they do. They've been successful, we've been successful. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a great game Saturday night. Probably one of the best that, that we've seen in probably maybe the past five, ten years. So, like I said, I'm excited. I'm excited for the opportunity. Excited to see the guys play. You know, to let them loose. You know, we're getting prepared one day at a time for West Point. Because, like I said, I mean, you, you know, you can't overlook a team that's been in there, you know, five years in a row. You know, I mean, one in three out of five. So, you know, they're definitely a formidable opponent, and uh, you know, we're going to try to get after them the best we can Saturday night. Yep, I know that to be true of you and that staff. So we appreciate you letting us steal some time from you on game week, and good luck on Saturday night, man. Look forward to seeing you at the Rock. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, Clay. Thank you. Seth Hayden, secondary 
coach for the Picayune Maroon Tie and also uh, give some help with the offensive backs there. And the Picayune Maroon Tie, as we've mentioned, 14-0 and playing for a state title on Saturday night at 7 p.m. in the Rock. And, Seth, thanks for taking time for the podcast, bud. Oh, man, no problem. Anytime. Seth, when you look at your secondary and the way that defensive unit as a whole has played, an impressive group. And when you look at when Picayune has won state titles in the past, certainly the most recent, it has been when their defense has been legit and has stepped up. And this team certainly has that making this 14-0 and going into this ball game. Uh, yes, sir. I mean, uh, defensively, uh, we're playing really well, uh, and that's a credit to the entire defense. The defensive line, linebackers, and secondary, uh, each unit feeds off of the others. Uh, D-line gets a great pass rush, and the linebackers and secondary are able to, you know, get interceptions, but it all starts up front. Um, we, we're able to get uh, pressure on the quarterback with a, a four-man rush, you know, sometimes it's a five-man rush, and uh, it allows us to drop more guys in coverage and uh, and, and to, to play more secure on the back end. So it's a total team effort. Seth, when you look at defensively, how big is it when you can create a turnover and not only create one, I've seen this defense or a red and look, create and turn it into points. How big is that? Well, I mean, if, you, if you score on defense, that is huge, especially in high school football uh, well, any level of football, honestly, but high school football is so emotional and there's so much that rides on momentum, uh, kind of like college football. It, it, the, the momentum of which team has the momentum and has the energy going in one direction, and, and you can create a complete momentum and energy shift with a defensive score, or special team score, or defensive turnover, uh, and, and when we are able, and that's one of our goals, we, we – we, are trying to create turnovers and create a defensive score. And if that happens, I mean, it is a huge, huge boost, not only to the defensive side of the ball, but to the entire team. So uh, that's, I mean, it's huge. It's really, really big. And that's something we all coaches here at Picking Preach, is defensive turnovers and, and scores. Seth, the difference athleticism-wise from this team to some uh, previous teams that you've coached, I mean – you got the 22, the 11 and 11, this is some athletes and some dudes, man. Y'all y'all are getting the pleasure of coaching uh, some specimens this year, aren't you? Man, yes, sir. It, it's it's totally great. I've, I've been a part of some really good teams when I was in college, uh, some tremendous athletes that got to play in the NFL. And um, uh, I was a part of a, a 11 and 1 PRC team back in 2015 that had some college football players that got to go on and play college football. But uh, being a part of this team and previous Picayune teams, this is by far the most talented bunch. When you look at, you know, Deontay Reed and Jay Mickle, Cameron Thomas, uh, you look at Jalen Hall, Jalen Hart, Leonard Taylor, uh, Jaquel Myers. I mean, these are just a few guys, Elijah Jenkins, that are seniors that are probably going to be playing college football next year somewhere, whether it's junior college, maybe even they get a chance uh, at some D1 looks, maybe D1 AA. I mean, uh, the sky's the limit for these guys. They're a very, very talented bunch. And I believe these seniors were the, the last ninth-grade seniors to win a ninth-grade championship, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that this is the group that won the ninth-grade championship. And so they stuck with it, and a uh, very talented bunch of kids. 
Uh, Kate Turnage, he's a he's a two sport athlete. You know, Jet Myers is a two sport athlete. Uh, you know, you look at Cameron Thomas, he's a two sport athlete, and uh, I mean by track, you know, he's phenomenal. He's fast, and uh, people are going to take shots at um, at these guys. Uh, tremendous speed, man, and it's just great character by all these guys. They're just great character guys. Seth Hayden, who was a phenomenal running back for the Pearl River Central Blue Devils in his day, and then as good a running back at Pearl River Community College, those Wildcats and that uh, run that Coach Hatton had there, he was one of the fine backs to come through. And in your day, Seth, you could beat yes. Cam in a foot race or no? Oh, I don't, I don't think so, man. Wow. I, 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 I'd like to think that I, I would. Uh, I'd be right there with him, but he's <laughs> way more shifty than I ever was. I mean, the guy can stop on a dime in the four three, four four speed out the gate. I mean, the kid's a phenomenal athlete. He sees cuts. You know, I'm looking at it from a defensive side or an offensive side sometimes, and he sees a cut, like a backside cutback. I'm like, wow, can't believe he saw that. But, I mean, he's got great vision. He runs with great vision. Um, you know, he gives – you know, you got to give credit to the young man. He, he, he praises his offensive line. I mean, he knows that he can't, he can't, he couldn't do anything without those guys up front, and uh, he does really well, man. And I'm, I'm really proud to say that I've coached this young man. He's, he's, he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's a special kid. Um, and not to take anything away from your former uh, teammates, because some of those guys listen to this podcast that we're doing some blocking uh, for you for those Blue Devils days. But how jealous are you at times uh, to see what? Cam gets to run behind, man. He's running behind a pretty good <laughs> offensive line, is he not? Yeah, oh, man, listen, uh, Coach Lee always walks up to me sometimes uh, throughout practice. He's like, how would you like to run run the football in this offense? And I'm like, Coach, man, this is, I, I missed out. And, you know, not to, not to bash the, those guys at PRC because those were great guys. I, I You know, they, they were awesome uh, guys to run behind and uh, had blocking up front. And I mean, the times we had – uh, our memories that I'll cherish forever, but to 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 see what Cam gets to to do and to run behind the guys that he gets to run behind, you know, Deontay Reed, uh, uh, Jay Mickle, Colin Penton, um, and our two guards, uh, Garrett Hunter and uh, Caleb Jones, and then you can't forget our tight ends, Blake Mitchell. You know, uh, Jalen Hall plays tight end. I mean, wing back and Nick Dong and. I mean, those those guys blocked their tail off, and it's a team. It's a you know, it's a team effort. And you know, uh, Coach Lee said it best. Cam might be getting the glory; his name's up there. But when he receives an, a, a, an award or an accolade, you know, the team has to feel some kind of accomplishment behind it. So it's 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 great, man. And you know, looking back at it, I wish I could have said I I, I ran behind guys like that. Well, and it's it's strange. I mean, he put some of his, I guess, highlight huddle clips together. And, I mean, there's some runs where, as you can see, the offensive line has demolished everybody. And then anybody's left, the fullback, whoever it may be, most of the time Cade has, has picked yeah. that up. But then there are these special runs where there's not a lot there and somehow he pops out the other side of it. And oh, then in a yeah. foot race, he's just outrunning these angles. He's a special guy. Yeah, uh, you know, there's there's film and uh, there's footage uh, that we can go back and we can show you through the course of the year. There's not there's nothing there. He he'll take an inside lead, 
and it's clogged up. The defense has done a great job. They stuffed the lead. He sticks his foot in the ground, bounces it outside, and outruns everybody to the sideline, and then takes it for 65 yards. I mean, you can't – sometimes you just can't teach that. That's just God-given talent, and the kid's been blessed. And, uh, you know, not saying that our guys don't do a good job up front, but he does a really good job of seeing something and, and making a move and making a guy miss or cutting in the hole. It's absolutely phenomenal. Seth, I know y'all do a lot of film study. When you look at West Point, I'm imagining they have some guys that can tote the mail as well in a strong running game. That's what they've built just a, a phenomenal program on. What do they look like on tape? How uh, how will they try to even attack your secondary, getting helmets on that second level, trying to keep uh, your secondary players from being able to give run support? Well, when you – when you watch them, I mean, they're, they are picking football up north. They are smash mouth, run the football right at you. Now, what they're going to do and ha- what they're different is they basically put their running back at the quarterback position, and they snap it to him, and they run the ball with the quarterback. Now, they do it with two or three different guys. Uh, they line up in a lot of different sets and formations uh, to get you outflanked. And, uh, you know, the whole thing is, the complicated they are, the simpler we have to be. So that's one of the things I guess uh, what we'll try to do is uh, to combat their complex uh, offense. And what I say by complex, just a, a lot of different formations, a lot of different sets, um, some motions, and everything. We're going to try to stay a base, real simple, um, and, and just try to play sound technique football. As far as them throwing the ball, they throw the ball well enough. Uh, to you, on it, you have to respect it. They got great receivers. Um, we're going to try to uh, go some one-on-one matchups so we can load the box and stop the run. So our DBs are going to have to win one-on-one battles. And uh, you know, I like our chances with Jalen Hall, uh, with uh, Jalen Hart, Leonard Taylor, you know, Austin Samples. I mean, heck, you're going to see Jaquel Myers out there playing some corner or free safety. Maybe even Isaac Hickman, both quarterbacks. And uh, if push comes to shove, you know, Cameron Thomas, he's one of our best cover corners. Um, you know, this is <laughs> ain't no holding back. This is a state yeah. championship. You know? <laughs> I can't imagine his hips would give him any trouble in coverage, man. Seth, how disciplined do you have to be? I mean, you've been on the other side of it and watched Picune, and people say, well, Picune doesn't throw the ball. They may throw it three times and score on two of it because a defensive back is so tucked yeah. in looking for the run. How hard is it to teach your guys, look, We've got to help on the run, but you can't look back there and a wide receiver be five yards beyond <laughs> yeah. you when they load up. Yes, sir. I mean, you're exactly right. Uh, you, you, you teach and you preach assignment football and the trust that your teammates, the other ten guys, are going to do their job. And you try not to do too much. As, as one player, you can only do your job and just trust that your teammate is going to do their job. So as far as the secondary guy is concerned, we're asking, you know, of the safety to cover this tight end, but if this tight end engages, then he has to come and help and run support. And he just kind of has to trust his eyes and trust what he sees. And uh, that comes from a lot of repetitions and, and watching film and, and going through walkthroughs. And the more you do it, the, the, the more comfortable you get at it. But, you know, like I said in the beginning, it's, it's all about trust that your teammates are going to do their job so you can do your job and not try to do too many things at once because that's what happens when you kind of get beat deep. You start peeking in the backfield, doing something that you're not technically supposed to do. And uh, you just got to have trust and faith in our your other uh, teammates. 
Seth, man, it was a, a pleasure to cover you back in your days at PRCC. It's fun to watch you grow as a coach and to hear uh, all the information you've brought tonight. Thank you for joining us on the podcast, buddy. Oh, man, anytime, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, Seth. Hey, folks, if you need that special sweet treat for birthdays, anniversaries, or just because, stop by and see our friends at Katie Cake and Company. They are located at 109 West Canal Street in Picayune. Let Katie Cake and Company satisfy your sweet tooth. Shh, your scale will never have to know. We are pumped up to have defensive coordinator for the Popperville Hornets, Coach Tim Story, joining the podcast tonight. Coach, thanks for taking time for us. Oh, thank you all for calling me. Thank you. Coach, uh, six years now is uh, on this Popperville staff as the defensive coordinator, and uh, these last four years have been unbelievable, man. Have played for four South State titles and won three of them. This is quite the role that this program is on. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 awesome. Uh, everything uh, – Kids work so hard, and you know, Coach Beach got the job and come in, and 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 just the way that he wanted to run his program and stuff. I mean, everybody took to, and uh, I mean, it, it, it's just it's been an awesome experience. Coach, your uh, prior stops, or let me ask it this way: How did Jay find you, or did you find Jay? How did that relationship come about? Uh, well. Me and Jay, actually, my first year here, I was at Bay Springs, and I, I was coaching and, and uh, was athletic director up there, and I wanted to get closer to home, and Chris Hill actually called me. Jay was the offensive coordinator. And uh, then after the first year, that spring, I was leaving and going to Lawrence County to be a defense coordinator. I'd never been a defense coordinator before. I had always done offense. But uh, – I was going to do that, and then Coach Till resigned. And, uh, you know, he just decided to give it up and go into administration. And Jay got the head coaching job, and Jay asked he, – he called me and asked me if I'd be interested in coming back. And uh, I was like, absolutely. I mean, he – I mean, you can tell when somebody is hmm. real special and Jay Beach is special. I mean, he, he he's an excellent, excellent football coach. Coach, and we're kind of partial to you, too, on that defensive side of things, the adjustments that uh, since we've been y'all's radio crew over the last four years, the adjustments we've seen you make from week to week and then especially at the half or the way that you get your squad to come out and perform after the half. Talk about your current uh, defensive unit, Coach, and particularly uh, that defensive line who is uh, – who. Oh, we thought as a radio crew we would have to hang our hats on, and we've done that in this uh, hot stretch that we've been on. I mean, you're you're exactly right. Uh, I mean, uh, Khalid and Chandler and and uh, Devin and and um, uh, uh, Ahmad, and then we got two really good noses that that complement each other, Hunter and DCH. And, and you know what? They it's all one at the line of scrimmage. If you can win there, then then you're always going to be in the ball game. So, how they go is how we go, without a shadow of a doubt. Y'all were y'all were exactly right. And it's pretty complimentary when you say line of scrimmage. The way I'm going to 
get you to put your offensive hat back on from a few years ago. Coach, watching the way that this wing T performs from over on the sidelines or from week in and week out uh, practice-wise that uh, you get a first-hand look at, uh, have you seen the wing T run uh, any better than this, Coach, in high school football over a prolonged – I mean, not – not just one season, but Coach Beach and that offensive staff has shown that they can put it together year after year. No. I mean, it ain't – you know, you, you run across – the thing is is that, that uh, uh, Coach Beach, he, he believes in technique. He believes in the three- and four-inch steps. And uh, that, that's where you win the battle. It ain't the two- and three-foot steps. And, and, and he does such a fantastic job coaching all those little things and 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 you know what it sets our kids up for success once again we're joined by Popperville hornet defensive coordinator uh coaching from the coaching staff uh coach tim story uh and coach you got uh, a tough matchup this weekend uh this saturday at the rock you get the first game uh for the state championship uh, you know, what do you, What have you uh, looked – I know you all been looking at film and practice. What do you know about Corinth and their version or so-called version of the wing tee that your defense might face against them? I mean, they're just – they're really, really athletic. Uh, they uh, they got all the skill spots covered, and even their quarterback, uh, I mean, he, he's more like South Park guy. They're going to uh, spread with him and, and run some wing tee stuff. I mean, they're just—they're real fundamental, and they—they uh, they do what they do real well. Coach, how much do you think it will help us, if at all, that we were in this um, same situation just a year ago, and that uh, the venue isn't going to change? We actually catch one of the f- few oddities where it will be in back-to-back uh, same spots. How much do you think that will help us on Saturday? I think it'll help. You know, it'll help some. Uh, we're so close to home, and and uh, the kids get a little bit uh, uh, sleep in their own bed a little bit longer on Friday night, and 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 then get up and and travel up there. So I, I do think it plays in a factor. But the biggest thing, I'm gonna be honest with you, is uh, uh, we're tired of being the bridesmaid. We're ready to be the bride. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Man, uh, I can't that, wait. That, that's what. That's what. That's the biggest motivation right there that I can see with the kids, to be honest with you. Well, Coach, we can't wait to see y'all on Saturday, if not before, with our prep work. And we can't tell you how much as a radio uh, crew we appreciate uh, you and the job that that staff does. So thank you, Coach. Hey, thank you all very much. Whether you're hungry for seafood, po'boys, or salads, go see Kelly's Po'boys located in Picune and proudly serving Pearl River County for nearly 20 years. It's a little bit of New Orleans right here in Picayune. Glad to have Corinth's head coach, Coach Todd Lallery, on the podcast tonight. They are 13-1 and and will be ready to rock and roll from the north side at 11 a.m. on the Rock at the Rock on Saturday for a chance at a state championship. Coach, we know it's a busy week. We appreciate you letting us steal some time. Man, thank you. I'm, I'm just glad to be on. Good to hear from you guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Coach, some people in the Popperville area may be familiar with you since you're familiar with that area. Can you kind of give us how you got uh, to Corinth and then why you're so familiar with Popperville football? 
Well, uh, my first year coaching was I was a student coach in 2002. Uh, coach Mancuso gave me an opportunity to learn under him, and I stayed on with him after that um, at seminary until 2004, which is where I'm from. That's my hometown, Seminary High Seminary, um, right above Hattiesburg. Um, went to Seminary High School. Um, 2004, 2005, uh, he took the head job at Poplarville, and uh, I went with him. And uh, 2006, uh, we beat Pedal for the first playoff win Poplarville ever had. Hmm. Uh, I remember that. That was that was pretty that was pretty cool. Because um, now when we were there, we were still playing at uh, Pearl River Community College, yep. or Poplarville was. And um, then the next year, we built the stadium, um, and that was kind of the end of the three years there that we we were at uh, Poplarville. And, um, Coach Riles at Seminary um, gave me an opportunity to be offensive coordinator. So I got a chance to go back to my home school and uh, be an OC and um, had, had a couple good seasons and uh, finished that last season, uh, I want to say 12-2, and two, South, State Ch- South State Championship game. We got beat by Hazelhurst. And then um, I had the opportunity to go to Perry Central for my head, my first head coaching job, and I was there for a few years. And um, then I left, and uh, I'm here at Corinth High School, man. Yeah, and y'all have uh, built something uh, pretty good there, as we mentioned, 13-1 and one and going to play uh, for the state championship on Saturday morning, and, and Coach, tell us about your current club. We've said 13-1, and one, I think, three times now. I know uh, there's more to it uh, than that, and when you look at the offensive numbers and then schematically what y'all do offensively, just kind of studying, huddle, and looking, it's like you'll go wing, T one snap, and then a version of Auburn's offense, another. Just kind of describe what y'all are doing there offensively and some of these guys that are making plays for you. Well, um, you know, we believe in the wing team. I mean, that's that's our bread and butter. That's our mo, and uh, that's our that's what we do. So, um, as far as being able to get in the shotgun or the gun, like people call it, or spread, it's uh, it's just in different looks. I mean, basically, we're doing the same thing. Uh, some people say, "No, you're not." Some people say, "What are you doing?" And but bottom line is, look, we're doing the same thing. We're not doing anything special. Um, we're just getting out there and playing football. We're trying to be physical up front in the trenches and um, get the ball in our athletes' hands um, both ways, whether it's under center and um, or if it's in the um, in the gun. Coach, is that something that uh, you were able to see firsthand? Coach Mancuso have success with, and when you were there with him on the sidelines thinking, if I ever get my chance, I'm going to do just just this with my club. Well, there's, I think as a young coach, you think, you think a lot of things, a lot of things may go through your mind, but uh, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, no. Not like, not to the, the extent like that, no, I didn't. Um, I, I believed in, in him and what he did, and I believe that's what helped make us tick. And, you know, I've, I, Got some friends that have been in in the service, and you talk to people in business that are successful, and you know, regardless of what may go through your mind a little bit, those people that are really really successful, 
the people under them, they believe in the ones over them, hmm. uh, which is, you know, a testament to why we're where we are right now here at Corinth. Those guys that I have working for me, I mean, they are incredible, you know, um, and being able to have that trust with each other, uh, great assistant coaches that knows what they're doing, my defensive coordinator, uh, Coach Dye, my offensive coordinator is Coach Denton. Um, those guys are are locked in every day, uh, seven days a week. They're watching film. Um, we're talking and planning. And this has been going on, man, I, I, most people would say for about 15, 16 weeks. But this has been going on for a good solid two years right now. So these guys don't quit. They work hard. And then my other guys, I mean, the, the guys, the other assistant coaches, I mean, they're, they're just, I can't say enough about them. But uh, that they work hard, and I think that's a testament to being able to get where you are. Because when when you have people that that may be under you, that kind of get in their head, you know, that's when you kind of have maybe some struggles and issues. So, yeah, I think for most teams that are at this point, I think they're all the same way. Probably a lot of staff feel the same way too, because uh, to get to this point, you're going to have to have good top-down leadership and and bottom-up too. So everybody's on the same page. Coach, you think the uh, basic fan has any um, recollection or any understanding at uh, exactly how long hours or how hard work it takes to get to where y'all are and the other programs that will compete at the Rock? And you look at your year, let's take this year, 13-1, and one, that one loss. Uh, there had to be somebody in Corinth colors walking out of that stadium thinking, boy, that Coach Lowry and his staff, like, do they know what they're doing? And and I just don't know that uh, people that follow high school football in our state that aren't too involved have any uh, any idea of the time and the effort that these staffs put in. You know, uh, it's funny you ask that because uh, even after big wins, that probably still happens. That dang coach I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that happens all the time. Not even just in losses, but in wins too. I'm sure that's an all-time thing, man. But um, no. Uh, there is a lot that goes into it, man. Uh, you know, we just finished up practice just a few minutes ago and um, met with a team and uh, had our team meeting and got rid, you know, got them out of here. And then we had a staff meeting. Uh, you know, now we're we're in here um, still breaking down film, still making, uh, you know, dotting our eyes and crossing our crossing our T's and um, every which way come Sunday because. We know our opponent, and uh, we know our opponent, and we, we think a lot of them. We know how well coached they are. Uh, we You can tell those guys are, are veteran at what they do. They get after it. And uh, as far as the hours and time and what the actual fan may know, you know, I, I, I don't really think on that much either because um, those guys – those guys, they come for entertainment. They want to watch the game. and uh, That's part of my job, you know, to sit there and be talked about, and <laughs> whether it be good or bad and or indifferent. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, um, I think that all of us coaches at this point, you know, if we don't have thick skin, we're in the wrong business anyway. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're, that's that's what we do. We're in the public eye, and, and, and we are doing what we can uh, at the end of the day, for me, though, it's about the kids. You know, bottom line, it's about the kids. My whole coaching staff thinks the same way. We want to do what's best for our kids, and, um, you know, we want to bring, always bring it back to them. So, you know, a fan may have something to say about us, but 
and that's fine. But, you know, when it comes down to the kids, we want to be sure we're doing what's in the best interest of them. For them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Coach, when you talk about kids, Sheffield, number three, it doesn't take long to uh, look over at Max Preps or Huddle before he jumps out at you. What kind of player is he? Oh, he's dynamic. He's dynamic. Um, he's a game changer. He's a difference maker. Um, you know, even last year, he did so much um, for us last year as a quarterback. Um, he threw for right over a thousand yards, but he wasn't. Um, what's the way? He wasn't. You know, the the passer that we wanted him to be. Uh, he was just an outstanding athlete that we had back there that could throw the ball. So, um, you know, we sat down um, after we lost to Greenwood last year and talked about some things that we wanted to do and start working on immediately. And that was uh, we wanted to put a whistle on him because immediately, you know, if he felt a threat, he would he could take it to the house from anywhere. Mm. Uh, and he could also get sad, too. But um, we wanted him to be able to learn reads, learn progressions, get his eyes downfield. Um, and there's been some big games where he's been able to do that, where he's been able to get out of the pocket and keep his eyes downfield. And people people know that he's such a such a running threat that they will jump off routes. So because um, he now he, now they do that and he just makes great throws. I mean he he he's shown it you know week in and week out. Uh, the crazy thing is is you know we see I, I actually was sitting there looking at stats yesterday and. Uh, comparing them to last year, not even individually, you would think, man, how are these guys doing anything? You know, or just compared to last year's stats. But uh, I sat down and figured up the quarters that, that we played, and um, they didn't. There's a lot of games they didn't play offensively, but two quarters this year. So um, we didn't keep them out on the field for full four quarters every game. Um, until recently, the last several games now they've had to they've had to play four quarters, obviously. But um, I think I think he's dynamic. He can do a lot with his feet. He can throw the ball. He's smart. Uh, he understands coverages. He understands defenses. He definitely um, can play anywhere on the field at any time if need be. Um, he's physical. He, he's not scared of contact. Now he likes to he likes to get a little physical. Uh, people wouldn't know that looking at his size, but he will. So uh, I, I've enjoyed coaching him. You know, he is, he, he's been a delight. He's just a fun kid. Um, but like you said, yes, he's, he's dynamic, definitely. Coach, we're just looking at uh, y'all on tape. Y'all play a lot of guys, and I say a lot. For 4A, it's a pretty good number both ways. Your philosophy on that, Coach? Uh, well, <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, when I started working here, it was a it was a platoon type deal. Um, everybody played one way, you know, and um, I just kind of sat down and looked at everything and uh, looked at the personnel and um, the way I was brought up <laughs> under the coaches I, I've yeah. been under. Whether it was, uh, I've had some good mentors now. Um, I've learned a lot of football from some really good dudes: uh, um, Todd Mangum, Lance, mm. Brian, uh, Todd Breland. Um, Steve Carter up here. He's in Athens, Alabama now. I mean, a lot of these guys have have, have helped helped me grow as a coach. And uh, for me, I've always said, put your best ten football players on defense, and then um, and then go from there. 
And uh, I've actually grown from that to say, you put your best love on the field, period. Mm -hmm. I mean, you want to win. That's what it's all about. And then you grow everybody else and you get them ready. And then if they get to where they're as good as, then you can start looking at playing, you know, just one position. But having everybody playing two uh, keeps you ready and keeps you with a little bit of depth regardless of your numbers. Yeah, it was interesting. We were talking before we started recording about a seminary team, uh, and I remember that y'all had five just real dudes, and <laughs> they ain't come off much uh, for for any off, reason. Right. I mean, they was just out there, and so um, that philosophy that, that, has certainly served you well. And, and that's that's the difference between two A football too and four A. Um, uh, none, not many of those guys at all ever come off ever. Um, back back in the day, um, oh, oh three, oh four years. Um, so there's a difference. There's a big difference. Um, but it's also good for a team like us playing teams like Olive Branch and Tupelo and those type teams because they do have depth and they are going to force you to push, you know, your depth and your conditioning and your strength four quarters. I, last year we went in that overtime with Tupelo. So, I mean, um, they're going to force you to do that if you play those type games and you want to compete. So um, I think it's good playing quality five, six, eight schools that, that are that are deep like that. Yeah, you and Coach Beach share that same thought process and philosophy on that for sure. Yeah, Coach Beach definitely. I mean, they play a tough schedule as well, man. Uh, there's no doubt. And um, they they been able to get through it and end up where they are right now, which is a testament to his leadership and the grit and determination and the desire that those guys have, um, too, as well, man. I, I mean, it's just it's crazy. It's awesome, you know, what he's done there. Yep, it will be neat to see the wing tee. I'm a fan of the wing tee. It would be cool to see it on full display uh, come 11 a.m. on Saturday. Coach, we appreciate you taking time for us, and, and we'll see you on Saturday morning. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys calling, man. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. Your family's health is our mission. At Highland Community Hospital and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we offer a wide range of health care options. The Highland Center for Women's Health provides total obstetrical and gynecological care for women of any age. Our goal is quality care for you and your family through the compassionate application of advanced medicine. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family. Joined now by head coach Zach Jones of Lumberton. Lumberton 12-3 and three on the year, going to play for the 1A state championship on Friday afternoon. Coach Jones, thanks for letting us steal some time during this busy week. Uh, thank you. I'm glad to be on. Coach, when you look at this year, 12-3, and three, certainly an outstanding mark, and then you get a chance for uh, what you set goals for, I'm sure, before we got started. How did we kind of get here, Coach, and have this opportunity on Friday afternoon to win a state title? Well, I'll be honest with you. It's like I told somebody the other day, it, it did just start in August. I mean, yeah, it, it, goes, it actually went back starting last January and when we started our in the offseason, you know, and, and we didn't have everybody, you know, being a small school. We got some kids playing basketball, kids playing baseball. But, you know, that, that is what it is. Guys who were in there were working hard. And, and we just added on as we moved on, and we go through spring training. And, uh, you know, had a really, really good summer, which we've been accustomed to around here. I think we had 
36, 37 kids for perfect attendance in the weight room this summer, and anytime you have, they still have a chance to be successful. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, I, I knew we could be good. I, I knew we had a chance. We lost a really good senior class, and, uh, you, you know, you hear people talking, well, you lost all them guys, you know, you were down a little bit. I knew we had a lot of talent coming back and had some young guys that just had to grow up a little bit and get some experience. Uh, now, we played our jamboree against Bay High this year. I'll be honest with you, they flipped our butts. And we did not look good. And uh, but you know we came back in on uh, on Monday. We had a good heart to heart, and, and it's kind of like everything just started from that point on. You, you could see you could see the wheels in motion. And uh, you know we, we'll go play a good North Forest team and beat them twenty one seven. And then we uh, played West Marion and Bay Springs, and we lost both of those games. We lost Bay Springs. We lost twenty four twenty two at the end of the game. And, and our kids, I told you, you had a word. We got it. You know we're good. And, and, and from that point on. It, it, we were rolling. Now we lost to Faith Academy, uh, second last game of the regular season, five A school. No bill that got. They were at the time, I think, the number three ranked five A team in Alabama. You know, they lost in the second round of the playoffs. They finished twelve, thirteen, and one. And and, I, and we and we played it. They beat us 30, 34 14 But you know, we we played their socks off. We played really hard. Uh, you know, when you have those guys walking across the field, you know, the coaches, hey, y'all, the first teams played us all year. That's knocked us around. You know, y'all have hit us in the mouth. So there's no, you don't have these. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, we don't look for more victories. Mm. Uh, but you know, we we we're proud of our effort. And uh, and like I said, we uh, you know, those three games. I, I really I really pointed to those three games: the, the Faith game and the West Virginia Bay Springs. I thought they were all three games, even though we didn't win. I, I thought they made us better and have prepared us to get to where we are. Faith Academy, certainly a school that football fans in South Mississippi and state of Mississippi are familiar with and the success they've had over that way. How do y'all find each other, Coach? How did that scheduling go in? Well, you, you know, you look up, and, and we drew the uh, we drew the second to last week of the regular season. You know, uh, 6A, 5A, and 1A have, have the one extra week. And we drew the second to the last week. Of the first, it was the first week in November open. And... Uh, couldn't really find anybody. We thought we had a game uh, with a team here in Mississippi, and they got a chance to play somebody closer to home, so that didn't pan out. And then I, Jack French is the head coach mm-hmm. down there, and people's not familiar with him. He's in the Hall of Fame in Mississippi. Right. And I won three state championships at Forest. He won another one at Starkville Academy. Um, but I had a chance to work with him when I was at Pearl, and he and I have remained close and, and good friends and talk all the time. They had the same day open. And with us being friends, we didn't we didn't even play, but we, we both felt like we needed to play. That was very interesting. We we didn't want to go into the playoffs and both you know be on a roll and, and have to take a week off and, and kind of get out of, out of sync. So we uh, we we decided we would play, and uh, you know like I said, it didn't uh, we didn't win the game, but I, I thought it was a game that made us better. Yeah, that's interesting. The son now, the coach over at. Uh, Biloxi, we had him on earlier yeah, in the year. Yeah, I mean, so really good coach. They had a really good year, too. Yes, they did. And so, Coach Jones, kind of tell us, you've told us how Lumberton's gotten to this spot. Kind of tell us your coaching story, how you've ended up where you are trying to win uh, along with your squad there, state title on Friday afternoon. Shoot, man, I'm so old. I don't know if I can remember <laughs> all of it. Uh, you know, I'm actually from – I'm originally from Lumberton. I graduated here in 99, and I went to uh, – Went to PRC and I went to USM. I'm graduating from USM, and I, I actually I worked when I graduated from USM in December. I played in high school for Greg Abercrombie, 
and who at the time he's AD at Stone now, mm-hmm. but was the head coach at Stone. So I went to, I worked there for for half a year, and then I, you know, I I never really left South Mississippi. Never never had really left home, and I got a chance to go to Florence, Mississippi, to work for Brad Peterson, who's uh, now works is an off the field guy at Mississippi State. And, uh, you know, I, I felt like it was a chance I couldn't turn down. And I, I was there for three years as an assistant. And then I went to Pearl, was where I worked for Coach French at. And then I went to I went to Pelahatchee for a year with Bill Ward, who's you know, going to be in the Hall of Fame. And then I went to Philadelphia. I was there for seven years as an assistant. And I was with Teddy Dye, so I did my student coaching hmm. under when I was here at Lumberton. And then, you know, this job came open. And I, I'd always wanted to be a head coach. And, you know, for whatever reason, it, it never worked. There was, I didn't get a couple that I wanted, and then there was some that, you know, just wasn't the right fit. But, you know, the Lumpton job came open, and everything just kind of fell into place. And, you know, five years later, here we are. Yep, you talk about falling in a place. You've got a Henry on a Lumberton roster. That's usually a very good thing. Tell us about <laughs> yeah. that young man. Well, you know, he actually, uh, he is a distant Code, a distant cousin of Rashad Henry. Hmm. Uh, we have we have Rashad's nephew on this team, Xavier Holder, who's outside linebacker, who's a really good player for us. Um, but you know, like man, I just I can't say enough about Robert. You know, one A Mister Football, uh, very hard worker, you know, extremely talented kid, and uh, you know people compare him to all the good backs that come through Lumberton, the man who puts some good ones. And, I, and somebody asked me the other day, he said, "How does he compare?" And I. I don't know that you can compare them because I think you can make a, uh, I think you make a, a, a very good argument why all of them are the best. But you know, like I said, he's a, he's really grown into a leader. That's the thing. I, I think his biggest, you know, his biggest growth this year was his leadership. And uh, you know, he actually moved from running back to quarterback game three, and, and he's excelled there. You know, our kids rally around him, and, and we've got a lot of good players around him, and he'll be the first person to tell you. You know, it's about the team. He wants the team to win, and he wouldn't be successful if he didn't have those guys around him in the offensive line. He got to run up. How much easier does that make it for you, Coach, for your star, so to speak, to have that type of attitude? I, it, it, it's a lot. You know, like I said, when when he's when he's a hard worker. I, we went to we went watch USM practice this spring. Him and one of his teammates, and you know, coming back. He said, uh, "He said, Coach, I get it. He said, I get what you're talking about. I see, so I see the practice, you know, the effort that you have to hmm. put into it. He, he said, I get all that. And, I, you know, we went out in spring. And, you know, when we're running, you know, spring is just basic for us. And you know, we're going back, re- reteaching everything, running our plays through cones, you know, whatever. And you hear him, hey, man, we need a 10-yard burst through there. Let's go. And, and you know, when you, when you when you have your, your guy doing that and setting the example, it makes it a lot easier, like I said. The, you know, these kids are tight. They're all good friends. Uh, you know, our Trayvon, Jesse, Shavante, Tony, our other two backs really good players. Uh, Rodney Parker has played some quarterback with him, and he's played the backfield. Actually, they're all good friends. And, and, and it uh, it makes it a lot easier. You know, those guys get it. They want – man, they just want to win. That's the thing about it. And, uh, you know – they, uh, of course, you know everybody wants to touch the football. You know, even even the linemen want to run the football every once in a while. But you know, like I said, you know, like I said, they just want to win. That's that's the main thing. Whatever it takes for us, whatever they have to do to win, that's what they want to do. Once again, we're joined by Zach Jones, head football coach up at Lumberton. And coach, uh, you get to go back to the rock. You just mentioned about going up and uh, looking at some USM practice this spring, but you get to take your kids. Uh, you're a young man on the football program, and you're going back to the Rock to face a Nanawaya team 
Friday at 3 o'clock. What do you know about uh, Nanawaya? Well, I know they're extremely well coached. James Courtney, their head coach, does a really, really good job. You know, they won a state championship last year. They played for it the year before. Uh, James was head coach last year. He's defense coordinator the year before that. You know, had a lot of tradition there. Uh, extremely talented. Uh, you know, the thing I see that's different from in the past, they've always been a, you know, pounded, you know, come right at your physical football team, and they, they can still do that. But they throw it a lot better than they have in the past, which makes them a whole lot harder to defend. And, uh, you know, we're going to have our hands full. Uh, they're good, good on the offensive defensive line. Their linebackers tackle them. Uh, they've got some guys in the secondary who can cover. So, like I said, they, I, I'm not sure. They may, have, they may have a little more speed overall at some spots than, than they've had before in the past. We've played them the last couple of years. We've played them twice in the playoffs. And so, you know, we're, we're familiar with the program. We've got a lot of respect for them. And we know it's going to take our best effort to have a chance Friday. Coach, we appreciate your time and good luck to y'all on Friday afternoon and um, look forward to visiting with you. Sounds good. I appreciate y'all having me on tonight. Whether you've hit a home run or a foul ball, for all your real estate law and closing needs, call Cruise Law at 1-769-242-2500. That number again is 1-769-242-2500. Call Bill Cruz at Cruz Law. We're now joined by Jake Thompson with the Oxford Eagle. And, Jake, we're hoping that you can kind of give us the scoop down south here, man, on uh, Oxford and what they're going to bring to the Rock on Friday night as they take on the Oak Grove Warriors. Well, I think it's uh, it's going to be a unique uh, matchup Friday night. Uh, just Oxford, uh, just kind of they kept kind of proving me wrong all year. I, uh, everybody was high on them to start the year. They were inside the top ten in the rankings to begin the season, and they just kind of hung around and stayed there. And I didn't see it until I watched a few games. And then as the as the year went on, their defense just got better and better, and that offense kept getting stronger and, and was able to kind of find pieces to get around JJ Pegues, which everybody knows will be a a big target Friday night, but you know, it's kind of one of those special, special groups or maybe it's just their year that they get on that run and, and find their way to that trophy. When you look at Pegues, we've had uh, Oak Grove's color analyst for their radio crew on earlier in this podcast. And when Lance LaFan is the fellow that I'm referencing there, he was looking at the numbers or looking at tape and showed where Pegues actually had some carries out of the backfield too. What type of dynamic is that with the big fella uh, toting uh, the football? For for those for these, some of these North Mississippi teams that had to figure out a way to to get their defensive guys to tackle, and it was one of those. Well, it was just kind of like maybe you've seen in a cartoon where it's a big giant. You got about eight or eight or nine guys, with, you know, grabbing him by his legs, and he's just taking them for a ride. I mean, it's it's tough to stop it, and if you know it's coming, it's been a tough tough task for defenses to to slow them down. But you know, it's Oak Grove bunch may you know they've had time to prepare and they know what's coming up so they may have a shot but it's just once he gets momentum on his side and going downhill out of the backfield it's just tough to slow him down and keep him from getting at least you know four or five yards carry yeah that's interesting too and it, to kind of show it more later in the year to give oak grove staff something different to prepare for all those different dynamics that go into a football game um 
Oxford having to make the long trip down, Jake. They actually catch a, a weird setting where Southern Miss hosts back-to-back years um, because of the way this is all falling out. Kind of a tough break there for Oxford having to make the long trip down. Yeah, they're uh, they're actually going to kind of you know counter that as much as they can. Head out of here in a decent hour, sometime Thursday afternoon, and you know get down there, you know not too late Thursday night, get something to eat and check in, and then try and treat it as you know like an away college team would on a Saturday with a with a late kickoff. Just kind of keep keep them going, keep them tempered. May go out, stretch their legs a little bit because they'll they'll get to the to the rock at about I think they're going to do the walk about five o'clock so I mean they, they won't have all day to wait around but you know until about four or so whenever they leave their hotel it's, it's going to be a long day to just keep the temp you know the emotions down and you know for you know they haven't been to a state championship with any of these guys it's been since 2015 when they were still in 5A now some of the coaches that were still here you know with coach Cutcliffe but you know this is all new to them so in terms of that, as a coaching staff and just senior leaders on this team, that you're going to have to try and temper just all those emotions of the year you've gone through, you know, avenging that Starkville loss in kind of dominant fashion last week, minus a little run by Starkville in the middle of the game, and just try to treat this as any other game, even though obviously it's not. Tell us about that game last week. Jake, that was a, a Starkville team that had taken care of Oxford earlier in the year, and not, I hate to say a score that surprised us, but Jeff and I were kind of keeping an eye on it as we were calling Popperville football on Friday night, and I guess that score did kind of surprise me a bit. Yeah, I was uh, I was having to play a role of editor, so I was staying put at the home base and uh, was just keeping up with it down the road, and they jumped out to that quick start. And, you know, it, it shocked me. It shocked, I think it shocked a lot of people just with the way Starkville's been this year, you know. For, for Oxford, that was their one blemish. And for uh, South Nola and a bunch of other schools this year, that was just their one blemish. That was kind of the anomaly out of your out of your record. But, you know, the, the offense got going. A couple mistakes by South uh, Starkville. They, you know, one of their first drives, they flung the ball over the quarterback's head into the end zone. And just a lot of weird miscues you weren't used to seeing a Starkville team make. And, you know, that's kind of how these teams have to take advantage of good teams like Starkville. You cash in on those errors. And then the Yellow Jackets, you know, they managed to kind of regroup and, and pull it close at halftime, but then Oxford clamped down you know, on that defense and got some key offensive drives to pull away and punch their first ticket to a 6A championship. Yeah, and describe to us, Jake, that district that Oxford competes in and how it's maybe prepared them to make this playoff run. Yeah, because you, you, know, you had, you know, come out of this region was Horn Lake who ran the gauntlet last year that Oak Grove, you know, is very familiar with. So you had a Horn Lake team that Oxford had to kind of get around and, and it wasn't the same Horn Lake team as as last year. You could tell they lost or they were missing the Cobadine and some of those other key pieces that graduated and moved on to the next phase of their careers. But and then you had Tupelo who was you know, they they'd have a couple good weeks and then they, you know, maybe stump their toe or play closer than they should have in games and uh, Olive Branch was another, kind of like they were going to be the one in DeSoto County to take the man off of Horn Lake and, and be that tough one six eighteen, but Oxford, you know, handled them, and you know, I was greatly impressed that they went seven and zero in this region and, and ran the gauntlet and, and really didn't really struggle against many people. They had a ten nothing game against uh, a team, a Lewisburg, but I think that was a case of Lewisburg just wasn't very good this year and traveled to them and that you know that old cliche of playing down to a team. And I think that's just what it was that night. But ever since that ten zero game, they they've been looking like a solid contender. Yeah, should be a lot of fun uh, with these two getting after it. That Horn Lake Oak Grove ball game last year was phenomenal. That was 
uh, high-quality stuff in the same time slot and same venue. If we can get that one again, I know Oak Grove fans are wanting a different outcome, but that was a uh, really good high school football game just a year ago. Yeah, I, I won't be able to see it, but I'll be looking forward to getting a report from our guy that's going to cover it just of uh, how they've handled things losing John Reese and how we've kind of been spoiled getting to watch him appear in an Ole Miss helmet. But, you know, they – what they did to replace him and that senior quarterback y'all got down there, you know, it, it's a testament to that program of getting all the way back to the state championship for two years in a row. You mentioned Ole Miss. You're in the heart of it there. The coaching uh, change made just a couple evenings ago. Uh, was that a shocker there locally or, or something maybe expected, Jake? Uh, you know, if Keith Carter hadn't have said a couple days ago now when he stood in the same spot he stood yesterday that – you know, when he was announced as the permanent athletic director that, you know, Matt Luke was the future. They were going to stick him with Matt Luke and see him through next year and see him what he could do with all these freshmen that were on offense and on defense, what they could do in their sophomore year and, and take that step forward. And then you just you fast forward to Thanksgiving night and that loss and what happened at the end of that game and what led to that loss. And then all of this, the social media chatter and all this and that over the weekend. And it didn't surprise me, but I was a little bit shocked that they still pulled the trigger and, and, and ousted Luke, but now you just have another coaching search to, to figure out who's going to come in and take take a, an Ole Miss team that, you know, just four or five seasons ago was at the peak of the SEC conference and it's just kind of tumbled down. You know, you got the NCAA stuff, but that's coming on. Now they're a whole new team. They got all their scholarships. They're, they're good to go. And it's, you know, there's a bunch of names that are floating about even in this past 24 hours that will be interesting to see who they, who they announce. And with this early signing period that everybody you know, really takes advantage of now on December 18th this year, uh, Carter knows they'd love to have somebody in the next 10 to, you know, week, week and a half, but I just, it's going to be a tough tournament. I'll get you to write an opinion piece, I guess here, Jake, but your thoughts on the job that Luke did with the hand that he was kind of dealt and walked into uh, your, your thoughts on his time there at Ole Miss. You know, for, for I thought he did yeoman's work. He carried the bucket. And for three years, he stepped in when Hugh Freeze was, you know, suddenly ousted in the middle of the summer, right before the 2017 season. And Luke stepped up from the O-line coach to now an interim head coach at his alma mater in one of the toughest, the toughest conference in college football. And, you know, he, it was going to be tough sledding, and everybody knew that. And he just kind of kept the ship as steady as you, as you could in his situation. And, then, you know, he won, the, he won him over and was named permanent coach for these past two seasons. And, you know, he got it on this through a, a – dark period and got him into the sunlight if you will and you know unfortunately he doesn't get to see a second year of that sunlight he got this year but he's not going to get a second year of it that's that's unfortunate on his end but you know hopefully he's guided the program to where a coach will say hey yeah they got through this dark period but he's, there's some pieces in place that i could come in and do some magic with and that's going to be the key is how many of these pieces stay put you know obviously a lot of the players are upset sunday night during the team meeting They've had about six to ten decommitments from recruits, high school kids that you know that they had. Now they don't. They have to fight in recruitment again these next couple of weeks. So there's a lot of unknowns and question marks that you know you you didn't have 48 hours ago before you got rid of Matt Luke. Jake, you're a guy, of course, with your ear ear to the ground there, and I'll keep up with you through Twitter. I believe it was your tweet uh, yesterday after the, this was announced, or two days ago, the different searches that Ole Miss has been. Uh, had uh, there on campus kind of breakdown. I believe it was your tweet. Uh, yeah, it's, it's calendar year. Ole Miss has had a chancellor search, an athletics director search at different periods of time, and now you 
you're going to end the year and maybe finish it before the end of the year, or at least lead into the early part of 2020, a head coaching search for the football team. And I, you know, I think Tennessee went through this a little bit a while back. Somebody jogged my memory of, of their of their university, but it's just been a unique year for the University of Mississippi. Now the chancellor search wasn't surprises. That was all announced about this time last year in November that they'd have to find a new uh, chancellor at the top of the ship here. But it's just been a unique year on campus, and, and uh, you top it off with having to end it with you know filling the highest position on your athletics program. Yeah, pretty phenomenal stuff. Jake, tell our listeners where they can follow you social media-wise and then also read your outstanding work. Oh, well, I appreciate those words. Uh, it's at Jake Thompson, O-E, Oxford Eagle, just at Jake Thompson, O-E, and then all our, our websites, OxfordEagle.com, and I tweet out all my stories, and then you can just Google Oxford Eagle on Facebook, and you can read all the stuff we put out every day. Social media, funny thing. Last time you were on a podcast, Rob Sigler popped up and, and a mention or something after I posted the podcast. And so we found each other, Sig, of course, a former uh, sports editor here for the Picayune Item. And I've seen a ton of high school football Friday nights with Rob Sigler. And then uh, to know that y'all, uh, I, I guess, worked together in some capacity there, Jake, pretty neat. Yeah, he was our, you know, our editor, head guy at top for a couple of years before he, he moved back down to, to Vicksburg and eventually now enjoying life on the coast. But no, Rob's a good guy, and I learned a lot from him while he was up here. It's always good if the boss of the paper's a sports guy, right? Oh, yeah. No, it's, the sports guys, as I've learned this year, having to kind of shift to news a little bit, is that apparently sports guys make the best news editors or news reporters because they know how to work on a tight deadline, which I, I've learned greatly this year. So all those picking Rob's ear paid off this year. There you go. Thank you, Jake. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again. Ramey's Marketplace is a family tradition starting back in the early 1950s. Ramey seeks to give families a high-quality product at a reasonable price. Ramey's promises to provide products that exceed the freshest standards in all perishable items. Their motto is, you've got quality in the bag. Stop by and shop at Ramey's today, located at 100 Highway 11 North in Poplarville. Ramey's is the official marketplace of the Poplarville Hornets. We're fortunate enough now to be joined by Lance LaFan, color analyst now in his fourth year there with Oak Grove Warriors. And uh, Lance, it's good to be talking football at this time of year. We appreciate you taking time for the podcast. Yeah, guys, I appreciate you having me tonight. Lance, uh, we had Russell Mitchell, offensive coordinator on, I guess, on a couple weeks ago, and he talked about uh, this explosive offense for Oak Grove, of course, the quarterback who's had great success of late. But he also mentioned uh, a rough patch through the middle of the year. Can you kind of speak to how this team has grown uh, since since that point in the year? Yeah, I mean, that was uh, a rough patch to say the least. But, you know, really going into the third game against Hattiesburg and, and Oak Grove really had struggled with Hattiesburg the last couple of years and uh, Oak Grove goes over there to Hattiesburg third game of the year and wins a nail biter. And, you know, all of a sudden you look up, you're three and zero. They had opened up with Wayne County, beat them pretty handily, beat Gulf Fork pretty handily uh, down there. And so you're riding at three and zero, feeling pretty good about yourself with with a, a new quarterback. Of course, we had to replace John Rice Plumley and Damon Stewart moves in from Georgia and senior. You know, you don't really know what you're going to get with him. Got a strong arm, but. You know, really come out three and zero, and then you, you hit uh, Archbishop Rummel out of Louisiana, who I think is actually playing for their state championship uh, this weekend. And uh, 
uh, lose to them at home seven to three. Had a couple of opportunities uh, with some missed passes, deep balls that actually Oak Grove probably should have won the football game. Uh, then you go to George County and you lose over there 24 to 20 with another opportunity to win the football game with a drop pass in the end zone with about a minute left. And then, of course, the rivalry with Pedal uh, at Oak Grove, really an odd game, guys. I mean, it was seven to seven or late in the first half. We have a, about a two, two and a half hour weather delay. And both teams come back on the field and Oak Grove just, you know, really couldn't, couldn't get anything going in that game. And three turnovers, uh, Pedal didn't turn the ball over. And, you know, next thing you know, you lose the game 21 to seven and, Six games into the season, Oak Grove is 0-2 uh, in district. And, you know, and I think a lot of people at that point in the season just wrote Oak Grove off. And, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of people that, that believed in them at that point. And we had seen a lot of good things, and we knew, you know, that they're just a few plays away from being 5-1 and or 6-0 and at that point. And then – you know, you go to Meridian the next week, and, and here we are now playing for the state championship in the middle of an eight-game winning streak. Lance, when you look at the success that Coach Causey and that group had last year, and I know this isn't the same team, but how much does does the success that he had and that staff have help weather a situation like they were in before that Meridian ball game? Yeah, you know, you had to wonder, you know, Carr – Shannon, our play-by-play guy, and I talked after after the loss to Pedal, and we even said it on on air with, you know, these guys are going to go one of two ways. They're they're either just going to tank it, or they're fixing their backs up against the wall, and and they're fixing to come out like game busters, and they did. And you know, credit to Coach Causey and and Coach Mitchell and and that entire staff for for keeping these guys together. And uh, you know, it's been funny. I've I've done this uh, now and, and watched Coach Causey over these last four years mature as a head coach in, in decision-making and, and game management. And, uh, you know, he's, he's really just night and day from his first year and, uh, until now. And, you know, it's that way with every head coach, but it's been pretty neat just to see, you know, the way he's developed as a head coach of, of this program and, and, you know, able to get these guys up week after week. And, and especially, I mean, it's just a credit to him, you know, again, coming out, out of that three-game losing streak and the entire staff. And, and you know, you mentioned Coach Mitchell, uh, Russell Mitchell, and just has done a phenomenal job of, of playing to his weaknesses. I mean, I'm sorry, playing to his strengths on his team, which is that deep wide receiver core and, 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 and Damon Stewart with the good arm that he has. Lance, when you look at a special win last week over uh, Pedal, you got to see them uh, twice this year. There was a neat picture of Coach Causey and Coach Barr together uh, smiling after that win. I guess that's easy to smile after advancing to a state championship against your rival. But describe to us that weren't there what that uh, atmosphere and what that rival was like last week. Man, I I tell you what, it's, um, you know, anytime those teams get together, it's going to be electric and, you know, especially Oak Grove losing in the regular season like they did. And, uh, you know, the Oak Grove fans, man, they had that visitor section packed. And, uh, you know, Pedals, of course, showed up to support their team. And, and the whole night was just electric. And it was it was like two heavyweights in the boxing rink. I know that, you know, that term used a lot in, in, in football, but it was. I mean, it was 
it was just back and forth and back and forth and just really, uh, you know, pretty much whoever had the ball last was going to win the football game. And, you know, fortunately for Fro Grove, you know, they, they capitalized on some of Pedal's mistakes. And, I mean, Damon Stewart just had an incredible game. And, uh, you know, senior wide receiver Tavion Smith and, and senior wide receiver Jordan Coleman stepped up. He's kind of the quiet one of, of that deep wide receiver core. And he stepped up and had a big game. And, uh, you know, you can't say enough about the, the defense linebacker, Zach Little, who actually moved down from the safety spot because of injuries earlier on in the year. And he had a pick six kind of to seal the game there. And, you know, and I, and I tell you, one of the, one of the main reasons we've seen this success, uh, not only in that pedal game, but just, you know, this year in the, the win streak is, is Oak Grove just walked up and playing man to man. I mean, there is no safety in the middle. They walk up and sometimes you've got eight men across the line of scrimmage and they're just up in those receivers face. And that allows that defensive front just to pin their ears back and, and get to the quarterback. And I think they're averaging like, you know, three sacks here in this eight game winning streak. But, but that night in pedal, man, I mean, it was, that's what high school football is mm-hmm. all about. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more than, than those two teams playing for the chance to go to, uh, the state championship. And, uh, and it was elected. And they get a chance to go right down the road there and, and play at the Rock this coming Friday night, the 6A, the nightcap, the primetime game, uh, Friday night at the Rock. Last last year, just a year ago, Oak Grove against really, I, I would think, a, a pretty good underdog going against Horn Lake, even with Plumlee back there at the quarterback position. Horn Lake had a ton of pub going into that ball game. Um but really, I mean, to lose a ball game, I'm not sure if they could have showed any better. That was an impressive showing by the fan base and by the team on the field. How much do you think that experience will help coming uh, this Friday night? Yeah, I was talking about that with someone today at work, and, and you know, I think that's huge, and, and, and I think that's been a plus just this entire, you know, playoff season for Coach Causey and his staff and those players that are coming back this year, I mean, they've been down this road before, and, and they know their routine. You know, even with the Thanksgiving holidays, you know, all that was it's just like a repeat of last year. And, and you know, when you're going to have your practice, and when you're going to have your film session, and and when you're going to feed the kids, and and that sort of thing. And I, I think they're pretty much using the same model, you know, on game day as they did last year. And uh, and I think that's huge, and especially you know, not having to travel. Uh, you know, Oxford's got to come three-plus hours down here and, and travel on Friday. And, and like you said, I mean, Oak Road's going to get a police escort. And by the time they leave school, you know, they'll be they'll be at the Rock probably, you know, 10 or 15 minutes later. So, you know, that's just, that's just huge. And especially, you know, to go through the routine, you know, the week leading up to the game and, and on game day, uh, you know, these guys have been through it before. So there's got to be a comfort level there that that Oxford isn't going to have. Once again, we're joined by Lance LaFan, color analyst for Oak Grove Radio here on the Heron Ford Hotline. And, and Lance, talk a little bit about Oxford. I know they played the Little Egg Bowl, they called it, beat Startville uh, last week. But Oxford uh, coming in at 13-1 and is going to be uh, another matchup, you know, kind of what that Horn Lake was bringing back to the Rock uh, last year. Yeah, you know, you go back and, and – you know, I've started prepping uh, today, really, and, and kind of looking at this this Oxford team. And you know, I think it all starts with their quarterback, senior. You know, Meager. He's 
uh, thrown for 1,521 yards this year and 15 touchdowns, but he's also a dual threat guy. He's uh, he's carried the ball 179 times for 865 yards uh, this year with 11 touchdowns. I believe he's second actually on the team in rushing touchdowns. Uh, you know, big kid, 6'1", 195, got a good arm, but can can pull it and run it. And, and of course, if you're going to talk about Oxford, you're going to talk about the geese, the big tight end. Six four two eighty, hmm. and uh, you know that, that young man is a is a load, and you know he can carry the football, he can catch the football. Uh, he got he leads the team with thirty three catches this year, five hundred yards, four touchdowns. But he also runs the football. He's he's carried it eighty three times, five hundred eighty eight yards, twelve touchdowns, and you know going back and, and looking over him game by game. You know, it's usually three, four carries, and you got to think that that's, you know, a lot of short yardage goal line situations. But last week, I believe he carried the ball, I think, close to 16, 17 mm. times, had almost 100 yards. So I don't know if there was an injury there to, you know, one of their, their main ball carriers, um, and he had to, to tote more of the load, or if that was just something they switched up. You know, they lost to Starkville in the regular season. That was their only loss. And, and so, you know, maybe they came out and changed up the game plan right. a little bit and just fed him the football. But uh, very talented football team defensively. I think that's really their strength, to be honest with you. And you're right. They do kind of mirror foreign late in that, that they, uh, you know, their defense will carry them. I mean, they're, they're a ball-hawking defense. Uh, I can't really remember the safety right now, but uh, you've got uh, eight interceptions this year. Uh, yeah, the, you know, just a, a real active linebacking core. Uh, Williams kid, senior, six six one, two thirty five. Uh, you know, uh, Pomerley, another senior, eighteen quarterback. Hurries, ten and a half sacks. Uh, you know, I think they mirror Horn uh, Lake a lot of what Oak Grove saw last year. Lance, selfishly as a broadcaster, I'm. Born and raised here. I'm Southern Miss graduate uh, twice. Um, it's a kick in the pants to get a chance to get to call a game at the Rock. It was last year. I just can't wait. I know you're a Hattiesburg native, a huge Southern Miss fan. What is it like, uh, selfishly from a broadcaster's uh, standpoint, to be able to call these games from the Rock? You know, it's uh, like you said, I, I grew up probably not even, I don't know, maybe a mile from the school and you know, I, I'm 50, so I I still remember the days of riding my bicycle up, up to the practice field when I was 11, hmm. 12 years old and watching Reggie Collier and Sammy Winder and Lewis Lift at practice and getting to serve them, you know, Gatorade and shagging footballs from the kickers and, and things like that. So, yeah, my, my Southern Miss roots run very deep. I, I've missed one home football game in the last 143, I think, now. So, um, but, to, but to have the chance, you know, I never, when I started this four years ago, I never thought I would have this opportunity. Uh, you know, I, I thought, figured, you know, maybe one day we would get to the state championship, but to have it here and to have it there at the rock and, the, you know, to sit up there where, you know, John Cox and Lee Roberts and, and Vic Purvis and, and those guys over the years have, have set and called games. And, uh, you know, guys, I grew up listening to on the radio, Vic and John and, and going way back to Bill Goodrich, the hmm. um, way way back, and uh, but to have that opportunity not only once but now twice, um, you know, is just it's just something really really special. 
Absolutely is, man. Enjoy it Friday night, Lance, and we appreciate you taking time with us once again tonight. Well, man, I appreciate you guys and uh, love the show. Thank you, Lance.